Hello and welcome to Nodes and Biscuits, a Godot game dev podcast yet again. I'm Christoph Klestel, your host, and today we have a guest who has absolutely no chill when it comes to releasing games. He's published over 12 games in just the last three years. We'll talk all about how he does it. And we also take a look at what issues he's faced with Godot 4.1 in his latest release. So buckle up and let's head straight into the episode. So, uh, hello Martin, your surname is uh, Ferbacher, is that right? Uh, Ferbacher, yeah, close enough. Alright, very nice. Is that, uh, does that come from German? Yeah, there's a, there's a little story in my family about it. So, it used okay. to be spelled with tell, the German... It. Yeah, it used to be spelled with the German U. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the U with the two dots. And uh, sometime in 14th century... My family lived in a little village, and there was a priest who couldn't write German, so he just changed one of the letters to I, because he knew how to write it. So oh. now it's a bit more Czechified, if you will. There, there you go. So, Well, surnames are a really funny thing, but enough about that. You're a game developer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just transition into that area. Right, so some people may know you as Fermar, as that's your handle um, on some uh, social media. And also, mm-hmm. you've got a company, a, a game dev studio company called Daisy Games. Yeah. Um, I think it would be just perfect if we start with your journey into game development. How did you, how did you get into game development? When was it? What happened? What inspired you to start making games? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it goes all the way back to me just playing my first video game ever. I was three or four years old. Uh, one time, you know, I was at my grandpa's place and one of my, I don't know who, if it was my mom or dad, they come to me and they're like, hey, come to grandpa's office. There's something cool. And oh, wow. I go there with them and there's this huge CRT monitor, you know, and they sit me in front of it and there's uh, Spear of Destiny, which is the expansion pack for Wolfenstein 3D, just running. And I get to play uh, it for the very first time. And I'm like, yeah, this is pretty cool, you know. And uh, one year later, I get my own PC. And yeah, that's pretty much where it started. Um, The TLDR would be, I I really wanted to do something inside of the games themselves, you know, and I just play them. So I was like looking, I was just like going through the folders and seeing if there's some like programs I can run. Uh, sometimes some game would have like a third party tool there because you know mm. I got it from a CD from an uncle that would allow you to make your own maps, missions, or customize textures, whatever. So yeah, I, I basically like accidentally l- started modding games in very amateur, bad ways. <laughs> the best way, um, the best way to go about it. I still think that modding games is just the best way to start. You know, doing game dev. Do you remember? the first game that you modded in any way? Well, if you're talking just like making custom maps, that would be probably Warcraft 2. Uh, okay. If you're talking actual like changing something inside a base game, I'm pretty sure that was Wolf 3D. And uh, there was some program I ran on my PC that allowed me to change the textures. Uh, yeah, that, that was pretty much it. Okay. So that, that would be like the first two experiences. All right. So you were changing textures. Do you still yeah. do, do you have any memory of what textures you changed? Was it a test oh. texture of sorts or did you actually paint it? 
Yeah, I painted it. I painted it inside a inside a program itself, which it was even worse than doing something in MS Paint. Oh no! But uh, wow. I actually even remember what I did. I I was unhappy with because the guns in Wolf 3D they. I mean, you can tell they're guns, but they don't really look like anything, right? Mm -hmm. They don't look like a specific gun. So, I'm, uh, and like, I was so young, I had no conception of things like, oh, the Germans used these guns, the British used these guns. I just knew the the Sten gun from some uh, from movies, I think even, and I just replaced the submachine gun with the Sten submachine gun. And of course, like, it used like three colors or something. It was like very squarish shape. But yeah, that, that's what I did. Um, I think I replaced the knife with a pitchfork because I, I don't know why <laughs> oh, I just did. <laughs> I can't imagine anything better. You know, why a knife when you can have a pitchfork? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice, nice. So you got into modding because um, your passion was sparked, right? So that's, yeah, that's yeah. how it all happened. Um, yeah. And how, how, how did it go from there? Right? Did you did you go mm -hmm. um, and and learn new development tools, or was it school that ignited mm -hmm. this that carried on with this? What was it? So, for a few more years, I would say until I was like seven, eight, uh, I would just play a new game. I was like, yeah, this game is cool, and I would look if it has like inbuilt map editor and whatnot. Uh, really, for the most, I didn't. Yeah, I, I don't think I did that. Like. I think that was pretty much what I did, just like trying to ways to find my own maps. Sometimes I would look, is there always oh, there like a way where I can like actually make a campaign out of them so like you can play them, you know, nice. in a row, uh, which I think most of the time the answer was no. <laughs> uh, and eventually I was like, yeah, this is cool, but it would be so much cooler if I could just make my own game, you know, like I could, or if I could change like so much more. And... Eventually, I was like, well, I don't want to just change things. I, I really just want to make my own game. And this was like still when all I was doing practically was just making my own maps. Right. Um, uh, what year was this, by the way? Do you remember? Oh, wait. So I'm born 1995. So that would be like 2001, I think. All right. 2001. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And... Not even Unity was around back then, right? No, no, no. The The biggest thing that was out back then, or by the time I started getting interested in game development, was GameMaker. And I don't know if you remember, but there was actually quite a big scene uh, in the Czech and Slovak Republic. We had like, oh, there was there was a website called, uh, well, Velkej Chytrák or something like that. Okay. I think the people who, yeah, the people who made Black Hole, you know that one? No. No, oh, no. It's I like was out a... of the scene because around that time, just for the context, for the listeners, we're both from the Czech Republic. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, when I was, um, so it was around the year 2003, I think, I moved mm -hmm. to London. So I was very <sighs> disconnected from, from uh, the Czech Republic at that time until about mm -hmm. 2012, 13, 14, around that time. Uh, but yeah, okay. I'm learning so much just listening to yeah. you. This is awesome. So yeah, go for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, just TLDR because there was there was there was a company they were or I don't even know no I don't think they were even a company back then they were just like you know team they made this called the game called Patsin it's like Pac-Man combined with something else and today they're like an actual professional Czech game studio and they like release bigger games yeah so I saw some, yeah uh, sorry, I, I talked and like they were from that like little Czech game maker scene back then mm. that is awesome uh, and that what's was, the name of the studio now by the way. 
Uh, if you give me one second, I'll no find worries. them through the through the game. Uh, but I'm bringing it out mm. because basically uh, this all comes from the game maker scene, and that's also like that was my almost first uh, game engine I used mm-hmm. uh, was Game Maker. Almost the only one first. I, almost the one I remember was before, and I can't remember what it was. But uh, <laughs> if you you may right. there's like there's like this type of adventure games, right? Where it's like first person point and click adventure game. And there was a... I don't know how I found this. I don't remember. I don't know if it was online or on some CD from some magazine. But there was an engine just made for making those kind of games. And it had some kind of... I don't even remember if it was like drag and drop or if you did some super simple scripting. But basically, I made my really bad (laughs) first-person adventure games in it. Uh, that would take like five minutes to finish, but I was just so happy. Oh wow! And... F- five minutes to finish is a long time for a first game, by the way. Yeah, Congrats. yeah, yeah, definitely. You should be proud of that one. Thank you. Yeah, and it was. Uh, I ne- I never published them. Uh, they were lost to time, of course. But uh, of course. I still remember bits of it because I remember I was using a lot of just default assets that were in there, and some of those images are just burnt into my memory because I used them so much. And of course, sometimes I drew my own background in MS Paint and you could absolutely tell what was the pre-made asset and what oh, I drew that, in that's MS Paint. Awesome. That's awesome. And I think that there is a, you know, this is something to mention when, even even when it's been a long time since you've made your first game, there are some mm. parts of your first games that you will never forget. It's the same way yeah. for me. That's a very yeah. interesting thing. I think it's because the emotional impact of you looking at the first creation being your game is just so powerful. Yeah, yeah. Also, what I remember is um, the games, the first games I made or tried to make, right? Uh, there was always like a huge inspiration for them. So uh, if I think about like the second, if I would, what was my like first actual pro- ambitious project that I ever tried to finish and failed? This was in Game Maker. Uh, so I really, as a child, and I think it's still a cool game. I, I love this game called Medal of Honor, a Light Assault. Mm-hmm. It's a okay. first-person shooter, Second World War. It's back from days when EA used to release really good games. Uh, oh, good old days. Yeah, and I just I just love that game. It had amazing soundtrack. Then I saw the movie <laughs> Saving Private Ryan, and I was like, wait, is this video game based on real life? Wow! Or is this movie based on the video game? What is going on? You know, I just I just got <laughs> my child mind just couldn't comprehend. But yeah, I, I love it, and I was like, wow, I wish like. Czechs were as cool as the Americans during World War II. So I'm gonna make my own game where the Czechs fight the Germans and we win, man. We win. Oh, so wow. I sat down in Game no, Maker, he's... top down to World War II game. Uh, first half you play as Americans, <laughs> but then you play as Czechs and you're in Czech Republic and you're just That's killing awesome. everyone. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh... That's awesome. And um, so I suppose if that was um, a, a success, you would have rewritten some parts of history then, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. People will definitely remember that as being, you know, the 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 way it happened. Oh, now you now you're giving me ideas. Oh, you're there you go. There, there you go. It was also I remember the name. It was called Fight Against the Germans. Fight Against the Germans. That's a very telling name. You know exactly yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. doing in that <laughs> in that game, and um, I think that's a skill you still have. But um, uh, let's m- move on slightly, mm-hmm. right? Carry on. What, what about your journey with game making, right? So 
how, yeah. how did that progress onwards with I don't know game engines or projects mm-hmm. go go into that until we get to Godot of course and that's when yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's a really tragic but a very wise tale you know uh, once I mm-hmm. lose a bit more hair I'll be able to sell it online you know as the bold wise man but uh, write a book so it started with game maker as i've said and i was incredibly young in fact the game i mentioned the fight against germans the way i put it together was i would just like go look up tutorials and i would be like okay how do i make enemy rotate how do i make things shoot bullet how do i switch level and i just it was like it was like a frankenstein's monster where i like put it together and it worked until i tried to include a vehicle section and then like it just broke and i never could fix it again there were also issues with like upgrading the game maker versions to make some stuff work better. Okay. Which also, you know, I was a kid, my parents wouldn't spend money on this, so there were certain means I had to use to get the newest game maker version, you know? Um, and yeah, so I that just killed the game and that kind of bumped me out. Um and this 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 there was like this uh, there was like this what is it called? A pattern that would repeat itself for the next like uh, over 10 years actually where Mm -hmm. I would find something to make a game with and this could be anything from a game engine so we're talking Game Maker Unity um, and who knows whatever else I tried or also or also frameworks or libraries so I even tried like C++ C Allegro uh, yeah, I draw kind of things where I would just take some kind of tool to make a game. I would have super ambitious idea what I want to make. I would try to make it. I would run into some hurdle uh, much rather sooner than later. And I would be like, well, damn, what do I do? I, I, oh, no. I can't even like if, if it was C++, for example, I was like, how do I make a freaking menu? Let alone like uh, actually like making a game. And uh, yeah, I would get into this... Um, cycle of finding a tool, getting ambitious, failing, giving up, coming back with another tool, and now, oh crap, I, I tried this like a year ago and I failed, well now I have to be even more ambitious to make up for the lost time, right? And this kept repeating for around, since I first wanted to make a game, this was basically happening for like 16 years in a row, uh, until I got sick enough and I was like, okay, you're going to make a game in two, three days and I don't care if it sucks. You're just going to finish a game because like, holy shit, <laughs> you spent over 15 years of your life trying to make a game and you didn't succeed. <laughs> yeah, it's a lifetime of frustration, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you have any formal education in terms of programming, by the way? No, 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 no. I mean, we was did all have... self-taught? That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we did have like Pascal lessons in high school, but mm. uh, it, I... It's like saying you you know how to do Hello World and that's your IT education or programming okay. education, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah, it, it was just it was just meh. Oh yeah. my! All right, gotcha, gotcha. Right, so you set out to make a game in three, four days. Mm-hmm. A really quick one. Yeah, and it was with Godot, by the way. So ah, so so now we're talking. What year was this? Okay, so this was <laughs> this was uh, November twenty twenty. Oh no! Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, oh, yeah, interesting. So the first, mm-hmm. Very interesting. Okay. Yes. So uh, I I I knew Godot for a while. Uh, I started using Godot in 2019, uh, summer 2019, and that was still like when I was inside that cycle of 
I have a tool, let's make something with this. And first I try to make some kind of like resource people management game. Oops, too complex. Okay, but I learned a lot about Godot. Uh, then I was like, okay, let's make a cool open world RPG with this and that and roguelite. Oh, oops, a bit a bit too big. An uh, open but, world RPG, the best yeah, kind. <laughs> but one thing I have to give Godot is that uh, it's, it's not as scary as the other engines. Or at least there's something about Godot that just makes my brain really click with it well, where I didn't give up on the tool. Like, this is also probably because, you know, I was a bit older, a bit wiser. Uh, I had some pre... Also, I worked like SQL job beforehand. So I... I mean, SQL is a programming language, but I did have some like building something from ground up experience Absolutely. already. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, I feel like Godot really helped me like stick to it because I was like, okay, this tool is actually good. I'm learning. And every time I gave up on project, I actually like felt like I learned something inside the engine. And I was like, okay, now I know how to do this better. So let me stick with Godot. And let's try to make something else um, until I was like, okay, I just have to make a small game. Just try to do that. And because when you're making like a prototype or you're starting a project and you give up on it, right? There's usually a lot of things you don't do. So basically I was just stuck like making some kind of gameplay loop and I never tried things like, oh, what about audio? What about music? What about settings menu? What about any menu, right? What about saving, loading? Uh, so that was like really the cool thing about the first game I made is that I it was super small. It was made in a couple of days, but everything was there. It had menu. It had it. It didn't have save and load per se. It remembered like how, how many levels you got into, but like still there was some kind of progression and some tracking on absolutely, tracking of it. Absolutely, games don't need saving and loading anyway. It's fine. Well, some games don't, yeah, definitely. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, and uh, is this game available anywhere? What's the yeah, name of the game? It's, it's called Sheep. It's a surprise, surprise, Sokoban-like. Uh, and it's on my itch.io. So if you go to itch.io, Days of Games, you'll find a game. Not to be, not to be, uh, it's not Dark Sheep. Dark Sheep is like the improved version that I released commercially. It's, it's just Sheep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, there is so much juicy stuff that we need to get into. But yeah. Now, we've already got into Godot. Um, in 2019, you said you started mm-hmm, using mm-hmm. Godot. Yeah. Um, was that around the time when Godot 3 s- sort of first officially started coming out as an alpha? I It, it must have been out longer, I think, okay. because... I remember there was a tutorial I watched, and it was like an entire... It was, it was tutorial series from uh, Games from Scratch, and I think it's been out for a while because there was like all the episodes were already out. Oh wow! Okay, uh, and that was for Godot three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I, okay. I, it must have been early version. I think. I think it was like. It must have been like well, maybe not early. It was like three point two version I used back in two thousand eight, something like that, something like that. Impossible. My memory must be terrible because I was under the impression that twenty nineteen was when it was just Godot 3.0 releasing. Really? Yeah. Wow. But, you know, I, um, I, I don't have the official date anywhere, so yeah. it, I, mean, back, I might just be misremembering things. Back then, I didn't like even pay attention to like what kind of version it was, because it was like, oh, I have Godot, let's make a game, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Before worrying oh, yeah. about, like, oh, there's, there's an upgraded engine version, or, you know, like, what kind of version is it? Or Godot 3, Godot 4, yeah, I just, I just didn't pay attention to that at all. So my memory might be wrong as well. No, yeah, absolutely. Now, um, so you made this game. Right, you made this game. Mm-hmm. You release some th- this game somewhere at that point, correct? 
Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's like it's like HTML5 version. So just just oh, browser game. Fantastic. Again. Yeah, 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 fantastic. Now, what happens next? Because from my understanding, this is right around that time when you start releasing games mm-hmm. commercially, right? What happened at that time? Well, I released it. I sent it to every single friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, "Oh, this is awesome! I finally released my first game. Let's make another one." So, I first I there were some like bugs I like fixed patched in. Uh, I I actually remember I got this game on Armored Games as well. Oh, That's like okay. a portal for online games. They used to they used to be big into flash games back then. Today they still run the portal. It's HTML5 games. And they're also a publisher, so you can even like find games on Steam. They publish. Oh, that's interesting, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, flash games were amazing. Because the idea back then, I remember, I was like, okay, I made my first game. <laughs> yeah. I I worked really hard, you know. Uh, it took me sixteen years to get here. How do how do I get some uh, financial, uh, oh, what's the word, compensation for my sixteen years <laughs> sixteen years long efforts? Oh, yeah. uh, I was like, oh yeah, uh, there used to be there's online games, right? Uh, I can probably put it on a game, they run ads, and they'll give me a cut. Well, uh, I was wrong. Uh, I don't... A lot, of, a lot of sites don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know what Armored Game does is that they were like, oh, you can have microtransactions. And, you know, I'm a gamer first. Or back then I was gamer first, so I'm more of a game developer. But yeah, back then I was gamer first, and I was like, microtransactions? No, I hate it. I'm not doing that. Uh... So I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to release a game on Steam. But before I do that, let's get a bit more experience. So yeah, a few days after Sheep releases, I sit down and I make this game called Squares, which is the predecessor of my first commercial game, Hagrid. And oh, nice. same deal, you know, like two free, ga- two free days to make the game. It's different because uh, the game isn't controlled by keyboard, but by mouse. So I also learned something new about mouse input and things like that. Uh, it was also a bit more, quote-unquote, real-time, because it's not, like, grid-based. Like, you slide a block, and it, like, actually moves on the screen smoothly, you know? So, it's, like, these little things that you wouldn't even say are, like, big deal. But back then, I was like, oh, how, how do I make it move? How do I know when it should start? Uh, collisions, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and... Yeah, so, same thing. I release it, I send it to all of my friends, and I'm like, okay, I, I got two little games out, you know, took me, made them in less than a week combined together. Uh, wow. Where do I go from here? Um, and then I find out there's a game jam called, oh, I don't even remember, but it was like 14 days long game jam, quite mm-hmm. quite a long one, for beginning developers. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to join it. And... I find out the theme ends up being something like, oh yeah, a game show. And I'm like, okay, well, I want to make something bigger, better, cooler. And 14 days is a lot of time. Like, I never, I, I can make games in three, four days. Oh my God, the things I could do in 14 days. Can you imagine? Oh, there you go. Uh, That's a superpower all of a sudden, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I make this, it, so, I'm, so, so the idea is that it's a game show where you're locked in a haunted house and there's someone who wants to kill you and you have to escape it and in order to escape it you must collect some items and the final item you get you either have to let a timer wait out or the audience because it's a game show remember uh once will decide to give you the item and in order to get that item you must satisfy them so you don't want to be just like stealthily avoiding the killer you want to like engage in chases 
uh, or even get hurt for the to please the audience, right? Because they want to see exciting stuff. They don't want you to be boring. Uh, now, the game seems to run only on my computer because it's incredibly buggy, incredibly broken. <laughs> no one uh, else has been able to turn it on. Well, it will turn on, but um, they won't be able to finish it. At oh, best, wow. at worst, okay. it's going to crash because it tries to play the sound file that doesn't exist because I took it out for some reason. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but it was, yeah, so this this was, it's funny because I got a bit too ambitious, but at the same time, like, I actually managed to finish this big ambition. Uh, yeah, so that was my second game. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I managed to do this in 14 days. Well, what if I try to do something a bit smaller? Because this was really tough. I, I stood up like, there were days when I would work on this like 16 hours. Oh like I went, I went really hard, 16 hours especially during the, especially during the last half of the game jam, which was mm-hmm. an entire week. It was, I, I, I went brutally. I was like, okay, we're doing this. You weren't sleeping, uh, yeah. you, you weren't eating, you were just making a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. For s- seven days straight. That's some dedication right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this game gets finished, and I'm like, okay, I managed to make this. It also had, this was also the first game that had, like, a better menu than the previous ones. Uh, and yeah, I was like, okay. So what do you mean game. by a better menu? Oh, yeah, so it basically... Had, it had multiple uh-huh. buttons, or what was it? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The first games, they had, like, they had, like, a button you would press, and it would turn off the sound or the music, and that was it. And this game actually not only had a slider you could move, okay... Oh. <laughs> but also, awesome. the the menu was like a separate scene, so it wasn't just displayed on the hub. Like oh, you would actually okay. click, and a new okay. scene would. Sp- it it the way I did this, and I did this for a long time. I I don't have like a scene that's hidden, and it appears when you go into the settings. It spawns the scene, because I I don't know why. That's it's very nice. Like, why, that's very. It's very why, clean, yeah. isn't it? It's either there or yeah. It's why, why, really why, why, not why, why there. Yeah, why, why would you have stuff that's like hidden? Why, why would you? Why would you do that? Just, just spawn it in and spawn it out as you need. Obviously, yeah. Got, I gotta save the, gotta save the computing power because it's twenty twenty four and computers are really slow. <laughs> yeah, you've got so much <laughs> RAM that we need more. So yeah, no, I completely understand that. <laughs> so, so this was a menu with sliders and it was being yeah. spawned separate scene. Okay, okay, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So. I'm like, okay, time to make a commercial game. So that means I need a proper menu where you can actually change the keybinds. That was that was something. I also I also ended up at, towards the end of the development. I also decided to throw in localization because I heard localization helps with getting more players. You did all of the uh, difficult things, right? Because changing yeah. input that's usually a very difficult undertaking because you've got to be thinking of things, showing it the right way, making sure that. Mm-hmm. Um, the user flow is correct, right? You first need to click it, you ignore some input. Well, in Hagrid, I was smart because mm-hmm. uh, you have only one set of bindable keys, okay. which makes things so much easier because once you introduce the, the the second set, you run into problems uh, that, you know, today I can solve. But back then, I think I would I would, I would would Google the nearest bridge right, if I gotcha. had to deal with that. Okay, okay. Uh, so w- once so, again, we're coming yes. back to the fact that you were just smart about it and that made it easier for you yeah 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 uh i mean actually not in this case because i think in this case it just didn't occur to me that people would like two sets of rebindable keys mm-hmm. for a puzzle game that you control mainly with your mouse right uh right. like the the the, the keybinds were for reset and undo and that was it 
but yeah, some people complained about it, so I was like, okay, well, my second game needs to have two rebindable key sets because people <laughs> want it for some reason. <laughs> yeah, but this game, this game, this game, uh, it took around a month to uh, to make because you know I wanted things like a, a proper menu, uh, achievements. Um, some kind of tutorial. It, it, it was, yeah, I had undo. Um, well, it was limited to only last move, which turned out to be a mistake. People really didn't like it. Yeah, but like, I just, it was, it did feel like more of a game. Now, granted, it felt like a game that would release in like 2010 or something, but you know, I didn't care. It was my first commercial product. No, that's uh, atmosphere. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I released that and I released it originally on HIO only. Mm-hmm. And it released in late January 2021. So it's IO only and it sells like 12 copies in the first week. And I'm like, oh, this is really bad. This is really bad. What do I do? Well, wait, you weren't happy with with, with 12 copies, really? That's Oh, absolutely not. That's horrible. How am I gonna pay for food? (laughs) Well, yeah, no, I agree that from that perspective, (laughs) it's really difficult. But considering, you know, releasing something for the first time in a slightly more serious way. It's mm-hmm. a lovely success, though. Uh, I maybe if you have no ambition, yeah. I just, I just don't see it that way. I, I think if you came to me and you were like, "Hey, man, I released my first game. I've I've sold twelve copies. I'm on a way to like become a indie game developer full time." I'd be like, "You need to go see a doctor because your IQ is like fifty right now." Like, what, twelve what are copies you is about? not enough for this. <laughs> It's not enough. You should you should be crying right now oh, and like oh, oh. I don't know sacrificing animal to the dark yeah, one. The, the, yeah. All right. All right. I I see what your outlook is. Um, I see yeah, this from yeah. a different perspective where I think that if you're even if you're serious about it, it could be considered a stepping stone, right? If you're yeah for sure. If, if for you're sure. sober about it, of course. If you think that you know I'll just replicate this success ten more times mm-hmm. and I'll be making and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. And, I, and then I will have sold hundred and twenty copies altogether. That, mm-hmm, that, that's mm-hmm, not really mm-hmm. a business plan. Right, you can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't turn that into something. Yeah, but being sober about it, I think, is really important. I feel like I had that euphoria with like the free games I released because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think I, that was like really huge for me, right? Because like I said, it took me sixteen years to get there. So I think by the time I got to the commercial uh, release, like yeah, of course I was happy and everything, but uh, I I didn't make it like or I mean. It was first game, so I never like expected it to be hit or anything. Oh yeah. But I was hoping it's it's maybe gonna set me on the path of you know game development a, a bit better than twelve copies. But uh, to be fair, like uh, you know, despite of like not being happy with it, I I didn't like I didn't let it stop me. So basically, I in like the week after release, I started working on putting it on Steam. Nice. So I gave Steam money. Uh, I started setting things up. I started looking into Steam achievements, which. Uh, didn't come, which came later because back then, uh, so I think we both used the a- 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 API made by our friend Sam for our games. Or no, do you use I used the Steam? one by Gramps. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I I don't know if I saw that one. Wait, is that a Godot Steam one or is that a different one? That's the yeah, that's Godot Steam. Yeah, yeah. So I I tried Godot Steam back then, and it just broke my game back oh, then. No. Uh, not like game would plugin. randomly crash, freeze, uh, mouse clicking wouldn't work. I to this day I don't know if it was just my code was so bad it just didn't want to work with the plugin or maybe there was some issue. I I don't know. I don't know. 
but I was like, okay, this is breaking my game. We're not gonna do this. We'll do achievements later. When, Absolutely. I don't know. Things are better. So yeah, then our friend, our mutual friend Sam, made his cool API, which then I used for achievements. And it was like half a year after I released Hagrid on Steam or something. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, so I started working on releasing Hagrid on Steam right away. I released it on Steam. I launched it with like 100 wish lists. I I go like crazy on Twitter, Reddit, just just ah oh, guys, my first game. Look, it, it, it looks like a dust game. <laughs> Buy it. It's only two dollars. Buy, buy now. It's a retro game. Please, you know, look. It's yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Your it's marketing good. efforts were not in vain because I remember noticing no. the game. No, I, I was, I was, yeah, that was awesome. I was, I, I was like, oh, I mean, I hope you weren't one, but uh, uh-huh. every class has a class clown, right? That's incredibly loud. That was basically me on social media. I was so loud, like. <laughs> somebody somebody noticed it wasn't many people but people noticed oh yeah um, i imagine specifically uh, people in the godot community back then back then there were so very few games being released on steam yes yes right? yes yes that was a bit of a leg up that you had because you could say look i've got a game it's a godot Absolutely. game i'm putting it on mm-hmm. steam and the community mm-hmm. around godot was suddenly yeah. taking notice of it Especially, especially if it was your first game, people oh, are like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm gonna buy it and I'm gonna leave you a review." Oh, uh, the and story, you stop me. <laughs> the story you could have gone with, you know, after 16 years of of countless lessons and mistakes. I, <laughs> I'm really saying, I don't know. Game. I, I don't know if I said this in the Godot post, but I'm quite sure there was a post like that somewhere I posted where right. I said that. Right. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, actually, yeah, that's that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's the funny thing is that I I remember I sold over 12 copies in the first day on Steam. Mm. And then mm. I, I think in the first week I sold over 50 copies. Nice. Something okay. like that. Okay. And I, I saw this and I was like, okay, so first off, if you, and like, of course the numbers are like, not good, but I, I, I like stopped and I was like, okay, let's do a bit of analytic like thinking. So... Uh, HIO, 12 copies, one week. Steam, 12 copies, one day. Uh, okay, cool. Also, uh, I don't think I showed the Steam version around as much as the HIO version because uh, I just had less time to show it. Right. Um, so also, like, that was the thing when I was showing around the HIO version. I remember everyone asking, like, oh, yeah, this looks cool. Is it going to be on Steam? Is it going to be on Steam? Is it going to be... Everyone's just like, oh, if I buy it on HIO, am I going to get Steam key? Like... Steam all the way, man. Like you release a PC it's game, put it Steam. on unless it's like a casual match free game, then like you should put it on sites like Big Fish Games. Those do their much better than on Steam. But like right. everything else, just put it on Steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so Steam is clearly the way to go. Uh I released the game, sold as many copies. Uh let's try to make a bigger game and uh let's see if I can make it do slightly better. Now, I really, I really like this moment. Let me just one thing that developers just in general struggle with, right? In mm-hmm. general, is scoping their projects in a way that they can release a reasonable number of projects in a reasonable time frame. Mm-hmm. You, you seem to be super good at this. Um, would you say that this was, you know, how 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 did you get to the place where you know how to scope your projects? Um, within a time frame that you know is doable for you and that will allow you to have a certain cadency of making this. Because uh, let me just throw it out there. In the past four years, correct me if I'm wrong, you've released yeah. 12 games. Three years. In the past three years. 
ja, ja, soms, ja, ja, ik denk dat het is echt En DLC's. Some free ja, updates en some pay DLC's. My yeah, goodness, yeah. so sorry. Yeah, no, I just didn't think that was possible. Right, so three yeah. years, 12 games. So you're averaging four games a year. Ja, ja, ja. Uh, that is amazing. In, and then and then some DLCs on, on, on top of that. How did you think that you that you got there? Was it the experience that you had with, you know, trying for 16 years and then finding out that if you scope small you can actually get something done? And then that kicked it off, or was it the first experiences with Steam? Uh it's definitely it's definitely just, you know, if you fail for so long, you are like okay uh this thing isn't working maybe i should try something different and then when you finally get the success you know the success of finishing a game with that it really sticks with you mm. so that was definitely part of it uh, another part of it is that uh i mean this can be double-edged sword i think now this is something i have to move away from but uh i'm very good at this mentality of good enough okay you know like okay. this is good enough there's no need to like spend another 50 hours on this uh It's gonna be better, but is it gonna be that better? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the thing about my games is that, excluding the newest one, they're all like really like very simple games. It's like you have a puzzle, you solve the puzzle, and you go to the next puzzle. Now, if I get fancy, there's gonna be cutscene here or there, or maybe there's gonna be a dialogue box that pops at the start of the level that's gonna like communicate a story with you. But uh, that's it. So the games are like very small scoped in what they are. Uh, in fact, I think I spend more time in those older games. I spend way more time making the levels than actually like programming things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was reusing code. So, you know, like, oh, this, this menu stuff works. Let's use it again. Oh, this way of storing, loading achievements works. Let's use it again. Oh, this way of detecting collision. Oh, yeah. Works. Actually, Let's about that, um, had you created um, a sort of a, a template project folder uh, that you just copy and paste mm-hmm. and have most of the things in there, or did you copy paste code uh, every time? Uh, I just copy pasted code every time because uh, I I never wanted the code to be one hundred percent same. Because first off, mm-hmm. even during my first game, by the end of it, I was like, okay, these are things I can do better, and if I want to expand on it, uh, this is this is crap. I I should rewrite this. So. I reused code, but I rewrote some parts where I felt like it would be really beneficial mm-hmm. for the future. Um, and, you know, sometimes the game's going to be something different in some other regard. So then also, like, you can reuse the code because it just doesn't work for what you need. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. 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 And I, I, to this day, I still don't have a template per se, because as time goes on, I'm like, okay, I grew as a programmer the last time I made... Like purely soko- like game that's like actually Sokoban was like a year ago. I see a lot of mistakes. Let's just do this from beginning. It's gonna be better. Uh, so for example, if we're like the, if you talk about games that are like Sokoban or Sokoban Light, then we would be talking Dark Sheep, which released April 2021. Mm-hmm. Then it was next year April 2022 Sokobos. Okay. So both Sokoban games very different code base. Mm-hmm. If anything, the stuff that that is. The, st- the stuff that Sokobo still uses from Dark Sheep is stuff like menus, rebindable keys, stuff like that. Uh, and then uh, next year, or sorry, last year in, in August, I released Soko Solitaire, which uh, is a bit more similar to Sokobo's in its code base. But again, I made a game from scratch because in a year I grew so much as a developer that I was like, okay, let's do this even better. Uh, 
And right now, I, I was thinking about making some kind of template, but I'm not sure because I think I want to make more games like Crossroad OS in the future mm-hmm. rather than sticking to my Sokoban roots. Yeah, yeah, let's actually go into this. I don't think we have the time to go through all of the games in detail. Um, yeah, but, uh, that's fine. That's what. <laughs> this would be a really long podcast, then. But um, a majority of your games have been Sokoban games, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. We've talked about this, you know, because we've known each other for a while now. And um, I remember asking you about how you design the puzzle levels, what your process is. I think that could be something extremely valuable. Would you go into that a little bit? How do you go about creating difficulty, the right... Mm -hmm. How do you strike that right difficulty? Because when I I think about it, I think to myself, Mm -hmm. okay, level one is some degree of difficult, right? And then level 20 has got to be not 20 times more difficult, but it's got to mm-hmm. be a challenge that that is considerably and consistently higher than the previous ones. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know where to begin. How do you yeah. do this? Well, so funnily enough, this is something that has like changed very drastically with Crossroad OS because mm-hmm. uh, people actually want to play Crossroad OS and actually want to see it through, unlike my previous mm-hmm. games. So the TLDR would be is that for the beforehand stuff uh, would be that I focused a bit too much on difficulty. Mm-hmm. I focused too much on making the puzzles difficult and giving people a really hard time because there are puzzles where people can spend like an hour trying to solve a single level. Uh, I'm one of those. I, yes. I, 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 I still haven't figured out like how that came to be. I just saw when people came, oh, this puzzle was so hard. It took me one hour to solve. I just saw it as I just saw it as some kind of badge of honor. I think this is because I probably started gaming, you know, super early when games like really didn't hold your hand, didn't care about you. Oftentimes they would like, you know, have bullshit difficulty because they want to ex- extend the playtime. And I think that just was just so ingrained in my brain is that like it, it was just natural to me. I don't think about it. So I think Crossroad is more interesting to talk about because uh, first of, it's actually something you can apply to make like a game people will want to play, but also because it's uh, it's much more interesting too. Because mm-hmm. what Crossroad OS does is that the game, uh, the game is great whenever like you're new to puzzle games or mm-hmm. if you've played puzzle games before. Because it turns out the secret of making a good puzzle game is making puzzles that are fun, enjoyable. Right. Uh, or I sometimes AAA studios throw this term around, and I don't like it. It's a bit dirty, but like engaging. Okay. Like, puzzle games should be like, oh, this is cool to play, or oh, that makes me feel smart. I solved this. But you can do it without, like, uh, you know, just crushing the person's sense of intelligence. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard that one of the reasons why puzzle games are not exactly loved by streamers is specifically because of this, right? They want to be doing something fun on stream, but instead yeah. they know that there's a high chance that a puzzle game is going to make them look or feel rather dumb, right? Um, now, yeah. Just to be clear, right, so most of your previous games were Sokoban games. Mm-hmm. Crossroad OS, how would you describe Crossroad OS? Because that's your latest title. By the way, yeah. everyone listening to this, just just right now, go to Steam and check out Crossroad OS. It's a, it's a really unique, fun puzzle game. I've uh, downloaded it, played it. I got stuck, I'll be honest. You know, when it comes to puzzle games, it's not really my cup of tea, but I don't know how far into it I got, but I gave it a couple of hours and I really enjoyed my time there. Um, how would you describe Crossroad OS? Um, the witness meets Windows 95 
<laughs> oh no, that is such a good explanation. And I, <laughs> I can't agree with it more. Wow. Oh my god, what a one-liner. Okay, uh, how, how did the project come to be? Because I know that this is a game that you haven't worked on by yourself, right? Yeah. Okay, how, what's the story behind this? How, how did that happen? So, uh, me and my friend, Guy, uh, we... I, I think he reached out to me on Twitter. I don't, if the, I don't even remember when this was exactly, but we talked a bit on Twitter. I knew about him before because our mutual friend showed me his game on Steam called uh, Bonke, Bonke something. I can remember. Yeah, I think it's uh, the Ballad yeah. of Bonke. Ah, yes, 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 yes. And I loved it. I was like, this is amazing. This is like, this is like the best game in Godot I ever played. Uh, wow, this guy must be awesome. And yeah, we we got talking, and one time he's like, it would be cool to make a game together. I'm like, yeah, that would be cool. I, I have like a lot of back then I was working on. Sokoches White. Okay. And he's like, by the way, it would be cool if I could like help you with something in your game. I have some ideas that could make it like cooler. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I I can't really like pay you or anything though. And he's like, no, it's okay. I, I like doing it. So uh, he basically like just added juice to the game, which was which like made the game like much more like better, okay, uh, fun nice. to play. And I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And eventually we just were like, okay, let, let's join a game jam together. Mm -hmm. So we did. We made a little short first-person puzzle game with a really cool mechanic where you take a picture, you enter the picture, and you can do this to like manipulate the space. You can rotate the picture so you're upside down. You can bring in objects into the picture so you can like duplicate some items. It was um, very short and sweet. It, that, that, that's a very interesting concept. I've seen uh, a similar game floating around you know, the ethos of uh, Twitter mm -hmm. a, a couple of, maybe a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Was that your inspiration or were you the ones who came up with the idea first? Ah, so the way this happened is that there will be a question for him because uh, it was originally just something he was doing for fun. Okay. And he showed it to some that. friends. Okay. And he was like, hey, I have this cool mechanic. We could totally like make a game jam out of it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that sounds fun. And the role, and this funnily enough carried pretty much to Crossroad OS as well, is that he's the guy who's responsible for programming. I'm the guy who makes the puzzles, comes up with the mechanics for the puzzles, and then of course like we do brainstorming sessions together. And yeah, so we made, made the puzzle, uh, puzzle game in a jam like this together, uh, and it was pretty good. I liked it, working on it was fun. It was also like, the thing about being solo developer is that it's, it's just, it can be just so taxing because you have to do everything. Mm. So teaming up with someone, so we can focus mostly on the puzzles. It just it just feels good, man. There's there's no other way to put it. It's just so freeing. You can focus on one area and like just squeeze the most out of it. I was I was just about to ask you how you found the transition, right? Because being a solo developer also mm -hmm. means that you take accountability and you know you own yeah. everything you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how was the transition when you finally had a project where there was someone else and you suddenly weren't the one doing everything? But you had your mm -hmm. own little, you know, your, your separate responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it easy the all the way through? The gem was fine. The gem was the gem was easy mm. because, like, we we have so little time. Like, we just gotta do something. Let's go. Uh, with Crossroad OS, uh, obviously, you have much more time. Uh, you have brainstorming sessions, and sometimes you don't agree on things, right? So sometimes, like, you have this idea, the other person has the other idea, and like, then you just talk it out. Uh, one thing I'll say is that in Crossroad OS, I've definitely taken like a more backwards position. So he basically had the final say, uh, which like, 
I don't regret because the game turned out absolutely amazing. It's the best thing I ever worked on. But uh, I don't think there's such a thing as like true 50-50 cooperation. Even if it's just the two of you uh, in the project, someone's gonna have to like take 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 the lead role. And yeah, you you basically if if you don't agree, like okay, uh, I'm willing to give you the final word, or I think it's gonna be better you have the final word, then like the project's not gonna work out. No, that's uh, very difficult. It's it's my experience as well. If it's um, yeah. if if there's a team striving for true 50-50 or you know equal distribution mm-hmm, mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Uh, the final decision right um sometimes there's this massive danger of a decision coming to a stalemate where it just never yeah. gets made right yeah 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 i mean it, it was it was difficult to get used to right because i went from being solo developer that just does everything has the final say to like oh uh i, I said this and like he doesn't like we can't agree on it right so like uh you know when she, yeah basically I, I was thinking about it one day and i'm like okay so uh either uh this game gets made or not. And the game is really cool. I really want to see this game through. Uh, and also, like, you know, I, I've tried doing things my way. So maybe it's not bad trying to do things different way. Uh, and yeah, like, I, I think it worked out great. It was definitely, like, a big learning experience. Uh, and, you know, I think there are decisions where, like, I think maybe if it was done, maybe it would be better. But I can also see decisions where I'm like, oh, thank God. I agree to what he suggested because, like, my idea was just worse or it oh, was just downright bad. Absolutely. Uh, if every idea yeah. would have been better your way, then I think you'd be an all-star game designer that never yeah, makes yeah, a wrong absolutely, decision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and I, th- I think that's a big, big strength about, like, having multiple te- people on team, even if it's just, mm-hmm. like, one extra person, is that I don't care who you are, you never have the best idea in every single subject. Like everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. So I think I think uh, it's it's like a good ability to be able to tell. Okay, this person just understands this section of game development much better than me. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to them. Maybe if I have objection, I'm gonna bring it up. I'm gonna like question it. But like like if if they, I'm gonna be just lenient towards like okay, you're right. Let's let's do it this way. Right, right. It sounds like a really cool learning experience, but also experience in general, right, for game development. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right, you know, yeah. team dynamics. Um, mm-hmm. What about um, what about the future? So Crossroad OS, uh, Crossroad yeah. OS was uh, released. Um, mm-hmm. Oh wait, before we go on to the future, okay, how okay. are you happy with the release of Crossroad OS? Uh, I mean, it's like it's like I finally released a game that like people actually want to play. You know. Uh, so it feels really good. Uh, I would like there's there's a bit of like disappointment in myself. Like man, like why did it take like this long to release a game like this? <laughs> why couldn't I do it alone? Uh, but also like at the same time, like all those little games I made by myself, like they were really great experiences. And maybe if I never made them, I would like never meet Guy. So maybe Crossroad OS would never get made. So uh, it's hard. I, I wouldn't say I like regret my past because like it, it's it's like. I'm here because of it. Uh, also, I just, yeah, I when I compare Crossroad OS to my previous games, I just have such a much a better understanding of like why those games didn't pick off as much mm-hmm. as Crossroad OS did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. right. Not to mention that like just the the way I design puzzles for it is just like so much better, and that was also like huge learning experience. Gotcha. So like in the future, I want to make more games like Crossroad OS rather than games like Succubus or Dark Sheep. Yeah, um, th- this is an interesting thing. Um, 
Is there anything in Crossroad OS now after mm-hmm. it's been released and after you've seen people play it mm-hmm. that you can't change now, but if you could, you would go back in time and change it? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, this is this is probably like super boring answer, uh, but the Main game menu. released with with a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nah, that one's fine, but oh, no, I, uh, I, it's fantastic. I just, yeah. I just wish it was less less buggy on release. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, okay. There are compared to my games, like it's the buggiest game we I, I worked on that release or that we released. Uh, you know, um, I mean, we 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 basically the first four days we were like releasing like multiple patches every single day, so all the biggest issues are fixed. Thankfully, we fixed that very quickly. Yeah. Uh, we have we have a big update coming on Friday. We're like fixing a bunch of stuff. We're also adding some content that like uh, or stuff that like we we uh, we wanted in, in the original release but didn't manage. Uh, also like we got some feedback about like people being confused a bit too much about the story for our liking. So we're like also adding some things to like make it a bit clearer. But yeah, I I, I think I think I think that's like my my main gripe is that I wish I managed to get a bit more comfortable with the code base so I could help a bit more with it because now that, now that it's released and I had time to get comfortable with the, with the code base I'm like helping fix bugs and everything because like the thing is uh, I'm, I'm like below average programmer and Guy is like Guy is really good so uh, when I first saw the code base I was like what is this I, I can't understand this how, I, I can't do anything this, how does this code blow yeah 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 <laughs> so like uh, unironically like 99% of the game is programmed by him Mm-hmm. Uh, which like that that it, it 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 kind of sucks because I wish I could have done more and contribute more. Uh, so now I'm kind of making up for it post release because I've had time to like get into the code, understand it, uh, learn just even more about Godot 3D especially because a huge part of the game is like 3D. So now I'm like thankfully catching up for it. So I guess it would be like uh, me being able to get into the code base faster so that the game would release in less buggy state because I would have been able to help with coding much more than I could have. From my experience, um, being a part of a team where you're closely working together with another person that's uh, uh, that's better at programming is one of the fastest mm-hmm. ways of becoming a better programmer as well. Oh yeah, it's worth everything, right? You never want to be the smartest person in the room because then yeah, you can't oh, yeah. learn anything. Yeah, yeah, and plus, if you're working closely with them, you you know, it's uh, it's like shooting a tor- a skilled torpedo your way. Yeah, you, you yeah, just yeah. Progress very, very quickly. Um, right, and uh, you know, to, uh, let's uh, dive into the future a little bit. What's next? Do you have any plans? Are you going to work with uh, Guy again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have a game idea uh, we are talking about. Uh, we did a lot of brainstorming. Uh, hopefully, we can start work on it soon. So that's in the making. Uh, also, uh, I want to hone my 3D skill set a bit more, so I'm also making little 3D non-puzzle game on my own side. I yeah. I can't believe that. I've, I've only yeah, ever seen yeah. puzzle I mean, stuff. Me, me neither. Is... Me neither. Yeah. Oh my! I'm I'm really just curious last... about what you make. Really curious. Just last year, I was I was telling someone like I'm never making 3D games. Do you know how long they take to make? Do you know how much more work it is than 2D? I'm never doing 3D. <laughs> no. <laughs> and here we are. New year, new me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, right. So, so you're, so you're. Uh, are you considering starting a commercial project in three D? Oh, oh, yeah. It will be commercial. Like, <laughs> I, I like to get paid for my hard work. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the best yeah, way yeah. to go about it. Right. So you've been experimenting in three D, and you're also um, 
you already have a game in the works or in, mm-hmm. in the planning phase. With oh, it's in, it's in the works. Like it's, it's in the it's, works. Okay. Ovivgi, Ovivgi. Uh, we didn't like start a Godot project, but like we have done a lot of brainstorming. We generally know what we want to make. It's just it's just we've been so busy like with Crossroad OS. That's why we didn't start it yet. But uh, yeah, I think I've, I'm like ninety nine percent confident the game will see the light of the day this oh. this year. Absolutely. So dissecting that, yeah. you are now going to have two projects, right? That, oh that, yeah, that not a not, not a fir- not a, my record is like three or four projects at the same time. Four projects at the same time. I don't I don't yeah. think I would know what to do waking up in the morning. To be honest, <laughs> how do you manage oh, that? That's the that's the great part. Like, oh, it's morning. I feel like working on this. Oh, now it's afternoon. I'm tired of this. Let me work on this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you've got time blocks, right? You just I imagine they're not specifically. You know, it's just whatever I feel like doing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's how not. Th- it's not planned. How do you manage your time? Do you have a task list? Have you got documentation somewhere? How do you do this, or, or do you hold everything in your head? Uh, well, usually I use Trello or some kind of other. Just to write down like what do I need to do, or notepad, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, sometimes there's. Sometimes I get lazy and I hold things in head, which um, if I do that, I have to work on the game like daily because yeah. if i take break for a couple of days i just forget stuff uh so yeah just just some kind of place to write things down also uh <laughs> you shouldn't do this but sometimes i write into github hey i started working on this it needs to be fixed uh there's issue here because oh, like oh, oh. i'm solo developer right nobody else reads it but me so sometimes Wait. i write notes in there <laughs> <laughs> that's super interesting where do you put that do you put that into pull request issues you put that into the code as a comment oh just just when i just when i comment i, I write it like into sometimes the if, if, it, if it's if it's short enough it's the comment if it's long enough it goes into the description of the comment oh, oh, oh. and do you have a keyword that you put into uh, you know at the beginning of the comment message so that you know where oh no 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 oh it's just no, random no. it's just a sentence. <laughs> it's just, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also use it. I also use it to vent. Yesterday, I was I was commenting something into Crossroad OS, uh, which for which we use Godot four, and I wrote something like Godot four just decided to stop printing messages into the debug console. I'm so done for today. <laughs> oh wow! Yes, you know, comment messages. It's to me, comment message log feels like a, a book I've been writing, uh, a bit oh, of a yeah. diary, right? Like yeah. a developer's diary that I yeah. will find, I can find any time, and you know, all that is going to be saved there, all that information. Yeah. Yeah. I see that you're using it in a very similar way there. Yeah, next time next time I go get therapy, I'm going to print it out and I'm going to like hand it over to the therapist and I'm going to be like, this is what's wrong in my life. Yeah. You need to help me. <laughs> Take a look at this. You will know everything about me. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. And uh, you touched uh, on a very interesting thing there, which is Godot 4. Godot 4 released mm-hmm. a year ago. Uh, this is your first project in Godot 4, I think, isn't it? Crossroad yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell me about it. You know, there are still people making the transition. There are many people who uh-huh. have made the transition already, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, many still on Godot 3 because of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. Do you plan on starting your new projects in Godot 4? Um, how has it been so far? So this is something we, we disagreed with Guy on. Uh, I wanted Godot, uh, sorry, Crossover OS to run on Godot mm-hmm. 3. He wanted Godot 4 uh, because of the new programming stuff, you know, which, okay. to be honest, is cooler. I, I wish it's cool. I like it. Uh, but since he was the main programmer, you know, uh, he was the one who's going to use it more. So we end up using Godot 4. Uh, so my current experience is with 4.1 stable. We Because we've been just fixing the game so much, we didn't even have time to think about like upgrading to newer release. Uh, 
Oh yeah, and uh, so although I don't... although Godot is very good at upgrading or updating mm-hmm. to a newer version, it can really mess your project up if you update in the middle of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I can speak for Godot four to higher, uh, but for four o or four one, just don't use it for commercial projects. Stick to free X, like I will with my solo games. I'll be making just by myself. Just because, uh, oh man, so like, where do I begin? So first off, uh, your game is just things. gonna, yeah. the biggest things, uh, there's just stuff that will break that will not happen on Godot 3. And you can't know about it because barely any games have been released with Godot 4. So like, we can't tell. So for example, uh, this never happened with any of my games. So I know this is related to Godot 4 specifically. We have a problem where... Uh, this is like a this is little so we have this hack around solution where during the credits we make the window go windowed in case it's not for some reasons I won't get into now but this is like our hacky solution and that's fine but and like we do this in other parts of the game so it, it normally it works fine but during the credit sequence for some reason and I don't know if this is because there's like scrolling text or whatever but the window goes windowed and it starts going down pixel by pixel by pixel <laughs> until it hides below a taskbar and it just stays there. Below the taskbar. So you can't even drag it back up. Yeah, yeah. And if, if, you, if you manage to catch it and bring it back up and let, let go of it, it will, it will keep going down again. It's not reproducible. It's not some kind of bad code on our side. It's just something that happens to some people. And if it happens to them, it happens to them always. I don't know why. I just know it's good at four. That's uh, incredible. So, so there might be a link to the scrolling text or something. You know. I, but... Well, that's what I assume. Because like in other parts where it doesn't happen, there's no mm. scrolling text. Mm-hmm. And in the credits where you have scrolling text, I don't like. I don't know. This it could be caused by something completely else. I just it, it's just the only thing that comes into my mind how I can like possibly this explain this behavior. This is my yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this has been the weirdest, biggest thing that uh, Godot four point one has has given you an issue with. I yeah, yeah. Now you know, like there could be multiple things we don't know about, right? Mm-hmm. Or that may not happen in our game. It's just, I mean, and this is like this is unavoidable, of course, right? It's just that uh, I think right now. Godot 4 is just too early for serious commercial projects. Like, if it's your first game and you don't care, like, yeah, go go do it. But, like, if, if you're, like, a bit more serious about it... Because, mm. uh, like, the thing is, every engine, of course, is going to have, like, specific bugs that you can do nothing about, right? But I think if, like, if you release a commercial game and you want to be serious about it, I feel like your reputation is on the line. So I personally am interested in minimizing bugs I can do nothing about as much as possible. So in this regard, Godot Free is just... Yeah. yeah. So in this regard, Godot Free is uh, better for me. Because mm. also, there are some issues that I have with Godot Free, that I know, but I know about them. So if someone comes like, hey, this game behaves weirdly, I know I can tell, oh yeah, sorry, this is Godot specific issue, try this, blah, 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 or sorry, there's nothing I can do, I'm sorry, refund the game, yeah, or play yeah, on another yeah. device, or, or best case, I have a workaround, so I can be like, oh yeah, just go turn this thing off, and it's gonna work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or just do not implement this feature at all. The, the uh, feature you're thinking yeah, about, just yeah, don't yeah. do it, it's yeah. easier uh, that way. <laughs> uh, Game, gamepad support or R, R, on Arch Linux, uh, never use vibrations in Godot 3 because the gamepad will not stop vibrating, even if you tell it to stop vibrating. It just oh, wow. will not stop vibrating on, on Arch Linux. Linux. On so, Arch Linux, which is really yeah, cool because yeah. every Arch Linux user will tell you that they're using Arch. 
yeah, of course, <laughs> I'm an, of course. I'm, a, I'm an arch user, by the way. Uh, yeah. So, so, so yeah, I mean, I imagine that luck is also a big part of it. For example, I've been working on mm-hmm. a on a game called Fog Piercing, Godot 4.2. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that Crossroad OS is on 4.1. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on 4.2, and um, I just haven't met an issue, luckily, so far. Oh, right. That's nice. Yeah, which is. A, but given that the game, you know, it's not it's not the wildest, biggest game you can imagine. It's not mm-hmm. using all of the various little features that there are that are available through the engine. Uh, but I've just been super lucky. Um, nice. Yeah. So, you know, ideally, a lot of stuff got fixed between 4.1 and 4.2. Chances are that that bug with the scrolling window is still there. <laughs> I yeah. Hope it isn't. <laughs> That's the weirdest I... thing. Well, this is why we want to just upgrade the version once this big patch is done, because we're yeah. hoping that some of these issues people have will just mm. go away. Have you just tried to quickly upgrade the version, you know, just because um, in about five minutes just uh, to see whether it runs or whether there are any issues? I, I think I think we did, and he was like, oh yeah, this is working fine. And I was like, okay, cool, but we're not doing this before the big patch, because there might be something super small that will mess up that, like, we won't find out unless we play test the game a lot. And even then, we might miss it. So let's do the patch in 4.1 because we know it a bit more. And then let's do the upgrade and see how it goes. Let's give it time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's also very difficult to test the entirety of the game in a new version of the engine. Because you really do need to test everything. Yeah, this is like like such an important thing, I think, is if you want to make games, you have to stop chasing the newest, shiniest toys. And sometimes you just got to be like, I want a toy that I know works, or like I know how to use it. Uh, I'm, I know I'm going like a bit like backwards now in the conversation, no, but like I mean, it, I, I think, it's just so important. And this is like this is why advice. I yeah, and this is why I always joke that like programmers are the worst game developers because so many programmers I know that are like really good programmers. They're like, oh man, I just spent five days. Look at my NeoWim. Look at these windows. These cool colors. Okay, cool. What did you code in the last week? What coding? <laughs> look at my NeoWim. It looks so I, cool. I, I look, I my, my developer environment. It's fine. Yeah. I don't need anything yeah. else. Yeah. 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 Now yeah. I need. Sometimes it can really be like that. Yeah. 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 Well, what I usually tell people is. Um, I don't know. Uh, I look at it from the perspective of accountability, I suppose, you know, ownership. Mm-hmm. So of like, mm-hmm. it's fine to go for the newest thing. If you have the right expectation, if you are going into it knowing that that can mm-hmm. introduce a lot of new issues and you're fine with it, it's yeah. on you, right? Yeah, but yeah. it shouldn't be recommended as a generally good thing to be doing. You just want to be on the most stable, proven thing out there. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's funny because like uh, this is also got a four related issue uh, that I I also hope it, I mean should be fixing four point two. So I, I know I'm like talking about negatives about we'll Godot four, we'll but no I, I just want to say like it's because I don't have the newest experience with the newer versions. But like <laughs> one issue we have is that we have a I just you know I, I work on some new features, some bug fix. I run the game, everything's fine, the code is fine, but some kind of internal error happens inside Godot uh, editor, uh-huh. and, it just and the game off. just and it just the game crashes. And it, but it tells me, it tells me, your code is fine. We just experience internal error. <laughs> Which, like, I mean, it's it's no big it's no big deal. Like, you know, like my project doesn't get corrupted anything. But like, if you're played a stink and it just crashes, and now you have to do the entire sequence again, it's it's a bit annoying. It's a bit annoying, and like that never experienced that. It, never it, never experienced it in Godot three either. So like, it's yeah, it's it's like. The the yeah like the bugs they're just not in the in the game they're oh, also no. like when I, you're playing the game in editor I've I've definitely um, also experienced that in Godot three 
but um, really, it's, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. But it's a it's a terrible thing to happen because it just feels like there's this um, voice in your ear that says something broke. But I'm going to tell you <laughs> nothing else. And disappears, uh, right? That's all the information you have. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. somewhere is wrong, but you get no information about it. <laughs> oh. That's a. Uh... This the this sorry this just reminded me when we were talking about like how I started with game development and how yeah. I used Godot for the first time, it took me like it took me like free com- free two or f- no three commercial games I think to learn that there is such a thing as warnings and that sometimes the warnings can cause actual like game crashes in <laughs> in a in a full release build. Oh yeah, oh yeah, warnings uh, are. They can be very awry, right? Because it's yeah. easy to ignore them because they don't crash your game in the debug mode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then you export it and, and, you know, something happens. You're like, hmm, but it works on my machine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always, it's, I always remember, like, I would, I would, back then I talked a lot to Sam, almost like daily, about game development mm-hmm. and stuff. And I, and I always remember I would like, <laughs> I would be like, hey man, what is an enum? And he's like, what do you mean what is an enum? Haven't you released free commercial <laughs> games? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so what is an enum? Can you tell me, bro? <laughs> I released three games, but no enums. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why, you, why use enums when you can have variables and constants or you just have magical strings and magical numbers? Oh, absolutely. It's much easier yeah. that way. Specifically yeah, exactly. to code it. Yeah. I, I, know, I know what 15 is. I work on this game. I made it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Variables. Just, you know, just put it straight in the code, oh. straight in the functions. There's a there's a code I remember in Hagrid where like the game has like UI right mm-hmm. and it has the UI is it's just like single color and it has like different shapes and I remember instead of making it like white and then modulating the color I had a graphic for each part of the UI in like each of like twelve colors and there's this code that oh. is like oh, if no. If level smaller or equal 10, button 1, green graphic A, button 2, green graphic B. And it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like 30 buttons, right? Because like you have the, you have the normal hover press. I love this. I love this so much. (laughs) This is, it reminds me, you know, I'm I'm getting flashbacks of my own code when I started doing games and. Yeah. Oh man, I can so relate to that one. That's crazy. <laughs> but now going back to it and remembering it, it must feel pretty yeah. good. How, how, yeah. Yeah. When you when you compare it to your current level, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Of course. Like, it's a funny thing because the more I learn, the more I realize like how much I have yet to learn. Uh, also, like you know, it's funny is that I remember I remember back then because I remember I knew modulating was a thing. But I remember I was like so scared of using that feature because I wasn't familiar with it that I was like, you know what? I'm not comfortable with this. I'm I'm just gonna make all these sprites by hand and I'm just gonna load them with code because I know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you sort of you complete a game through sheer force of will. Yeah, right? yeah. You just you just really power through and you and you get it done any way possible. But then you learn. That's the way to learning because this is hard, right? I, I do. I do see that people who do who aren't ready to publish something with bad code, it, it's much harder to release a game that way. You know, you yeah. should be. I think you should be ready to release some ugly stuff. I think I think that's like a huge part of like just getting into game development and actually finishing project is that, uh, or even improving. You just have to you just have to ask yourself, what am I capable of doing? 
what kind of challenge am I actually capable of overcoming without getting too scared and just dropping it. Mm. So I would I would even say that like back then what I did with Hagrid where I didn't modulate the sprites I just drew them by hand was the right choice because like the thing is like could I have learned like how to modulate things with code properly yeah of course but the thing is when you're making a game you're gonna run into like 100 of these things right so you have to you have to decide this is what I'm gonna do in like the dirty disgusting way that would get me fired because I I I'm already like facing these hard challenges I have to overcome over here. And yeah, if all I'm gonna yeah. do is fight challenges. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna finish this, or it's you gonna never take finish me it. Much never. more time. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. M- maybe you would, but many years later, but the motivation starts yeah. running out, and when your motivation runs out, you no longer have a reason to be doing uh, what you're doing. You know, I don't I don't even know if I believe in motivation, to be honest, because like for me, if I maybe motivation, there's definitely you need passion. Like I, the only reason why I managed to make games and still do even though, like, you know, they weren't super successful, is passion for sure. But, like, if I if I look at myself and I think about, oh, yeah, I, w- I would work on game only when I feel motivated, I don't think a single game, maybe the short games that took three, four days, but, like, some, even something like Hagrid that took a month to make, I don't think they would ever see the light of the world. Because, like, I, I don't think I could stay motivated. There are this just days when I'm, I sit down. This is interesting. I think that we see motivation slightly differently. Because could from be, what could you're be, yeah. saying... Yeah, because from what you're saying, um, it almost sounds to me that what you consider passion, I see as motivation. As in, mm-hmm. to me, motivation is a reason to be doing something. Okay. Right? As in, you something from 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 the back pushes you pushes mm-hmm. you a bit further. Right? Mm-hmm. I see that as motivation. What's ah. your view on motivation? That's very interesting. What's your view yeah. on motivation? There. How do the- you see it? The best, oh, I have like the perfect analogy. I don't know if you can relate to this, but this is my experience from high school because I used to be very obese, is that I would see a hot girl and I was like, oh my God, she's so hot. I want to go out with her. I'm going to eat healthy and go to the gym. And you do it for two, three days and then you're like, you know what? Being single isn't that bad. <laughs> so this is this is how I see motivation is that there's like this fire inside you and you're like, you're you're re- you're fired up, you're ready to go, you're like, I'm gonna do anything to achieve this thing. And then it, it disappears, calms down, it. and like you would still want to do it, but like, do you really wanna do it that much? Do you feel like doing it right now? No. I, I no, this is a very good analogy, yes, <laughs> yes. But I think what you're talking about there is that explosive uh, motivation that comes yes. from outside factors. It doesn't come from, you know, from yeah, within yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of a thing, right? Where, ah, that would be it then, right, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Because when your motivation comes from within, it's passion. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I know, like, this is semantics at this point, right? But, like, that, that's how I... Also, maybe this is just, like, uh, affected by the circle of people I i am... Well, today I'm in a bit different circles, but, like, when I think about, like, when I was growing up or even my early days of trying to game development, every time, like, people spoke about motivation, it was, like, this outside thing where they wake up and they're like, oh, yeah, today I really want to do this. And then you're like, hey, how's your how's your project going? You know, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I just woke up, didn't feel like working on it, so so I didn't, you know? So, yeah. It's, oh, I had no may- motivation, so I didn't do anything. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's how, mm. I, that's how I see it. Okay, this is a lovely topic that I... I Personally, I find this topic an endless source of wisdom, even, right? Because, because I, I think it's a massive thing to be talking about in our in our society, which is why do you do things, right? 
And I think that's something that we all have to work out for ourselves because we're all a little different, I suppose. But, um, you know, staying sober around it always helps. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, this is more or less all the time we have for the podcast. We went a little, you know, a couple of minutes overboard, but that's fine. It's just going to be a bit of a longer episode. People will be happy because, you know, there'll be more to listen to, of course. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. More content. Hooray. Yeah. So I'd like to do two things. First of all, thank you very much for finding time and for accepting my invite to the podcast. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. It was great. Oh, yeah, um, it was it was lovely having you too. This was a fantastic conversation. That you know, you know, starting this whole podcasting is allowing me to finally have longer conversations with people that I've been meaning to have longer conversations yeah, with for, yeah. for a while now. So it, this, is, this is really good. It's crazy. We knew each other for so long, and like this is the first time we actually sat down and talked for more than an hour. So absolutely, every time we spoke before, it was about Steam issues. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, GOG stuff, and st- yeah. Anyways, so that's one thing, and uh, and the second thing is um, how where can people follow you? What where should they go to wish this your games? What's the best place to visit if they want to find out more? Gotcha. So I um. The best place would be, I think, my Discord, because uh, I just I'm the, the most active there. So if you wanna just tell me how you like my game, ask anything, or even have some like maybe game development questions, you can just hit me up there. Uh, I post like everything I do just goes there. Uh, I I announce new game, it goes there. I write I write I have a I have a Patreon where I write like blog posts, which eventually are just free available to everyone even like people who don't pay so yeah if you if you want to learn a bit more about how i approach game development uh yeah it's there uh yeah i post some like vip stuff there as well so the discord is probably the best one then would be of course like uh my games on steam i have a publisher page as well you can follow uh, i have twitter at daisy games free um i i don't know at first, I was like, Twitter just isn't the same. But lately, I've I've had a bit more success there. So I don't I don't know if Twitter will be much of a thing for me. We'll, we'll That's see. That's a tough environment. It, it, it keeps yeah. on changing so very quickly, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I think I think if you like generally want to like know more about my work or catch up with what I'm doing, Discord Discord's just the best. Or if you just care about the games, then just follow the Steam Publisher page. That's right. The, and that's the um, best one. how can people get to your Discord? Oh yeah, uh, I have an I have an invite link which uh, I'll it's it's on it, on any of I can it's on uh, each of my store page has like a join the Discord community button. So just go Fantastic. to any of my games, click it, and there you are. Right, and on Steam you're under Daisy Games. Daisy right? Games, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, that's D A I S Y games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is fantastic, and I'll put all of the links that I can find into the description of the episode. So yeah. Again, uh, Martin, thank you very much. Say hello to Guy and uh, tell him <laughs> thank you because he's been helping me as well. This is fantastic okay, awesome. stuff. awesome. Nice. Yeah. And uh, have a lovely day. And to the listeners, I wish you a lovely day as well. Look forward to the next episode. And uh, when it comes out, it'll come out. <laughs> All right. Bye.